0: I'll read the, uh, the first couple of scriptures on the, on the outline, but then we'll get started with this. We're in the last message of our Planted series, and as you know, we did a, a, a parallel series on Sunday morning and Wednesday evening, both talking about being rooted and who he's got you to be, so you can have fruit where you are and roots where you're growing, and tonight's, tonight's the last evening, we're talking about the, the good soil, amen, and we're all, we're all achieving the, 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 the uh, status of good soil, where God can plant something in our lives, and we see him do something amazing through, through what he plants, and so... We'll get to talk about some of that here in just a minute, but Matthew seven, fifteen through seventeen says, Beware of false prophets, who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? And obviously that answer is no, just in case you didn't know. So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but every diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into a fire. So be be a good tree, amen. Thus you will recognize them by the fruits. And Matthew twelve thirty three through 39 says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. The good person out of the good treasure, his, out of the good treasure brings forth good, and evil person out of the evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified... And by your words you'll be condemned. Words are pretty important, amen. All right, thank you for agreeing with me on that. All right, the parable of the sower. So tonight is the last night we're talking about the parable of the sower, and like I said, we're talking about the good soil. And as we mentioned in in, in the first night, we did this a few weeks ago. There's only a few. There's only a few parables that occur in all three synoptic gospels, and this is one of them. So I think it bears some importance, and um, just it could just easily be called a parable of the soils, as it is a parable of the sower, because it talks more about the condition of the heart being referred to as soil than anything else. And so, Mark chapter 4, verse 2 through 9, says, And he was teaching them many things in parables, and he said, and in his teaching he said to them, Listen, you know, kind of like Pastor Joel did a couple Sunday mornings ago. Listen, look at me when I'm talking. to All right. Uh, you know, you, got, you can't let this stuff just slide. You got you to you say it. But, um, but when, you know, when Jesus is talking and he stops, and you figure they're listening anyways, when he stops and says, Listen, you know, probably going to say something pretty important after that. So, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up. And since it had no depth of soil, when, when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and, he, and it yielded no grain. And the other seed fell on the good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing, and yielding thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. And, and he said to them, He who has ears, let him hear. But those that were sown on good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. Thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. So tonight I want to remind you that when it says the, s- the sower sows the word, when God speaks to you, it is him actually sowing seed into your life. And so the sower, obviously in this situation, is God and, and the word is, is the words that he speaks. And so we've got to establish in our minds whenever, whenever this talks about the word, it's talking about the seed, the, the words that he speak in your life. So when it says seed, it's talking about the word. And, and the soil is the heart, life, or spirit of a person. And sowing always involves speaking. The way, the way you sow seed in the kingdom of God is by speaking. Now, we know, I know you can sow monetary seed and you can sow seeds in service, but it always starts by you understanding and confessing that Jesus is your Lord and sowing that seed, and then you begin to sow seed um, based upon your confession. And I promise you, if you can't get it to come out of your mouth, you're probably not going to do it with physical action. So always start by speaking the word and watching what, what comes from that. And so... As we get started tonight, I want to kind of look back at the, at the three different kinds of soil other than the good soil. And the first kind of soil was the path, which symbolized the hard heart. And, and if you look at how this breaks down, the hard heart opens up a place for the activity of the devil in your life. Anytime that the word doesn't immediately sink in, the word doesn't immediately, isn't immediately grabbed by you and taken hold of, the enemy has a chance to come by and steal, and steal that away. You know, you ever come to church, you know, and I know none of, this is never, none of us in here because we're Wednesday night people, but... Um, if you ever come to church and you've had a fight with your spouse on the way to church, I guarantee you, you don't remember anything that the pastor said that morning. Why? Because your heart was like, I'm angry, I'm mad, and I'm always right. But I never get to say that I'm right because they always say they're right. So um, so I want to I encourage you, this, you know, if watch for hard, hard places in your heart because when the word can't penetrate, then the enemy can take it before it has any kind of effect on you. The rocky soil symbolizes a, a hollow heart. And, that, and, and what that does is when, there, when there's no depth of your soil and there's, and there's stuff in there taking the place of the soil like the rocks that was talked about, that there, there's not anything much for that for the word to take root in. And so when there's not much place for the root to take place, as soon as some pressure comes, as soon as some trial comes, that word dries up because it hasn't been embedded in your heart properly and goes away. So therefore, therefore when, that, when that happens, your flesh is able to go off and, and do the things that it shouldn't do and get mad in, ways, in ways that it shouldn't because the word is not there to continue to um, teach you the ways, the ways to handle certain situations. The weedy soil symbolizes a half-heart. In other words, half your heart is forgotten, half your heart is excited about the things of God. The other half of your heart is so concerned with the things of the world that the worldly things end up coming in and choking out the very thing, the very thing that God had set aside to speak to you. And yeah, you, it begins to grow because the soil is obviously decent because it's growing weeds. But then at the same time, you don't do what it takes to put enough seed of the word in there to choke out the weeds. You let the weeds come in and choke out the word of God that was placed. So... You know, the activity of the world begins to take place in a heart like that. And now the good soil, we'll talk about tonight, comes from a whole heart dedicated to God. And it allows for the activity of the spirit. And that's some good activity to go on in case you you were wondering. All right. Now, it's not a seed problem. Let's let's talk about that for a second. If If you haven't noticed, when you read this parable, he never talks about the condition of the seed. He never says, you know, but if the seed's bad, you know, just scratch that one because, you know, it didn't work. No, the Word of God, the Bible says, will never return void. But it will accomplish what He sent it forth to do. And so, tonight I want, I want, I want you to, um, maybe, because I know in our, in our minds sometimes we, we try to make excuses why certain things haven't happened. But I can promise you this, if something hasn't happened that, 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 that you've seen a promise in the Bible, or something hasn't happened, I promise you it's not, it's not the Word of God. It's infallible, it's perfect, it's spoken by God Himself. And so if something's not going the way it should, don't blame the Bible. Don't blame what God said, don't go to... God, well, you said it, but it just didn't happen. Well, check your heart, because if you're blaming God already, there's something gone, going on in there that probably shouldn't be. And we know God's perfect, we know God's a God of love, so there's nothing He's doing that's, that's trying to, 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 to keep you from experiencing these things. But we've got to understand that bearing fruit or lack of fruit is never a problem with the seed, it always, it, but it's, it's always the soul that it falls upon. And so those who receive the word with their whole heart will see that seed grow and produce. And so... It's the, whole, it's the whole scenario. If you've got something in your hands and someone tries to hand you something, you've got to move something either or you don't get what, what's being handed to you. The same thing with your heart. If your heart's full of other stuff and God tries to plant a seed in there, then unless you move some other stuff out of the way, it makes sure that seed's not going to have anywhere to grow. Same, same scenario. You've got to understand, you've got to have your whole heart opened up to the things of God and have your whole heart opened up to hear His voice. So when He speaks and plants that seed in there through, through His Word, whether it be through, through something He speaks to you through the Bible or whether it's something that He speaks to you spirit to spirit or face to face, however you want to say it, Whenever, if you don't have that, that opening in your heart for going to plant that seed, then it's not going to be able to take root. And something that, cool that they that, that that showed me was, you know, the, the purpose of seed, we'll get to this more here in a little bit, is to, bear, is to grow and bear fruit. Now, if you'll notice, a lot of the seed took root, but God didn't consider, consider it successful till it bore fruit. You know, kind of like our pastor's been talking about on Sunday morning, you know, we, you got some vegetation out of the deal, you begin to take some things in. You begin, you begin to see some things take place. But unless fruit comes out, then it's, it, God doesn't consider it something that's beneficial. And so his goal in our life is to mature us to the place and allow his word to take enough fruit that it doesn't just grow a stalk. It doesn't just grow up a little bit, but it begins to bear fruit. And it begins to produce and be beneficial to those around us. And the key to it is here at the very, the very last verse of, of this whole thing. It says, he said, he who has ears, let him hear. You know, and I've and I've always I've always wondered about that expression because you see it in the Book of Revelation also in the letters to the churches. They always say, him "Who has near? Let him hear." Whim who has near? Well, we've all got ears, unless something catastrophic's happened to you, unless you're the, unless you're the guy that, that Peter got a hold of, but then Jesus fixed that, so he don't he doesn't even have an excuse, you know. But I w- I want to say, why you got to say, "Who has near? Let him hear." When you break it down and when you when you start out what that really means is, if you understand this, then you need to respond. That's one of the ball game. It's not. It takes away the whole excuse of not just hearing, but listening. Not just hearing, but responding. And so we've got to come to that place in our life to where we respond to the Word of God, not just hear it and let it bounce off and, and you know, go in one ear, not the other, so to speak. You know, this, is, this is why you know, we, we push base groups and small groups so much here at the church because you don't just hear the Sunday morning message one time. You get to go to your group and talk about it all over again. And then we've got the daily devotionals that are talking about the same thing. So if you, if, you, if you take advantage of the whole situation we've got here, it's not just something that you just, you just hear one time and it bounces off and goes away. No, you get, to, you get to respond to it day after day after day until the, until the next week. And if you do it properly and you meditate on it properly, it does take root and it does bear fruit in your life. And so it's, we, we offer that here because intentionally we don't just do it because it's convenient. We do it because intentionally that, that, that repetition is the key to be receiving these things in your heart and seeing, and seeing faith produced. And so, or you know, the next way you said the one who has ears should has ears to hear should use them. Obviously, um, use your ears. Now, the purpose of the word is to produce faith in your life. And I know that a lot of times, you know, we get in our Christiany stuff. We get talking about different things. Faith is simply what you believe. And you know, because you know, the Bible talks about you know, you obtain things by faith. And you got to faith for this and have faith for that. Faith is simply what you believe. Faith is a conviction based upon what you've heard from the Word of God. You know, when you, when you got born again, what happened? Someone spoke the word of God. You know, the seed was in your life. And it, it, it took, it barefoot, where it with your heart. You go, oh, that stuck a little bit. That hurt. I, I do need to fix some things. I and, and the Holy Spirit in his sweet and loving way shows you that you need him. And so based on what you heard, that seed took root. You believed it and you begin to act differently. And you begin to bear fruit through that. Because now you realize I've got to act differently because now I'm in the kingdom of God. And I don't got to act the way I used to. I can begin to act the way I did. And so that's a seed, plant taking root and bearing fruit in your life. And so, simply, all faith is is a conviction based on what, you, what you've heard. So Romans ten seventeen says, So faith comes back from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Or, in my new favorite translation, it says, Faith, then, is birthed in a heart that responds. We talked earlier, we've got to hear and respond to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. And so we go back to the sower sows the word. So whether, whether you see it, hearing the word on the page, which is actually him speaking to you, or you hear it, hear him speak something to you through, through an audible voice. And now, we've talked about this before. We need to get past the point to where we just simply read the words on a page. We need to let him speak to us through the words on the page. We need to learn to hear him because, you know what? The, the first few several years of, of Christianity, there wasn't a Bible. They, didn't have to, they couldn't go say, well, Ephesians so-and-so says this. No, they, they had to go by what they had heard, and they had to let that take root in their life, and so that's how the Bible came about, because they let it bear fruit, and so they were able to actually act out what we're seeing here and not just have to read it and, and, try, and try to take it in that way. And so, same thing with you. You don't need to limit your, your, your hearing from God simply to what the Bible says, because I promise you, the name of your spouse is not on these pages. Well, unless your spouse's name is Joel. I'm sorry, that, that's, that's different. But, uh, but the, the whole situation, the or, or Hezekiah or something like that. But I, but I, but I promise you, the, the, the absolute answer to your situation is probably not sitting here on these pages. But now you can take guidance from these pages and guidance on the way you should act and that these seeds be planted and learn to hear the voice of God through what, you, through what you've heard here. Those things take root and then you begin to act according to what he spoke to you and you walk through the situation because that fruit was born in your life because the seed was planted and it, it affected the way you act because it grew faith in you. Now, a heart that responds to the word by receiving it and allowing it to take root is considered good soil. These beliefs or convictions are what dictate the way you live. So everything that His grace has provided must be obtained by faith. Salvation, holiness, healing, blessing. The Bible says in Colossians that just as you received Him as Lord, so continue in Him. So in other words, just as but it took faith of confessing Him as Lord, the same thing happens whenever you want to form another belief in your life. When you, okay, the Bible says that, I, that I, can, I can walk in healing, that I can walk in health and wellness. So you begin to, to put, let the Word plant seeds in you his voice plant seeds in you about that. And, and after a if you if you'll, if you'll cultivate and nourish and let those things sink into your heart, they begin to form belief in you, so you begin to act according to what the Word says, not according to what Dr. Phil says, or whoever else. I know he's not an actual doctor, but he, you know, whatever. But some people do, too many people do what he says. So. But I want, I want to encourage you this. What, whatever promise there is in the Word of God is not going to come to you by simply reading on the page. You've got to let that seed get planted in your heart and then begin to let that affect the way you act and change the way you look. It's what the Bible calls being a new creation or recreated. It's called um, you know, being transformed by the renewing of your mind because you begin to let your heart take control and let your heart run things because it's been transformed by the Word of God and you begin to act according to what the Word of God says and what those seeds in your life dictate that you do and the, and the harvest that comes from those as opposed to you acting according to what, whatever situation you're going through. Now, as you receive the promises of God into your life through faith you experience salvation at a greater level. And so, we've got to get past the point that being saved is just escaping hell. We've got to understand that there, there's so much more to salvation than, being, than just being born again. Born again is step one. Being born again is, is, is the beginning. But we've got to understand that if we want to experience salvation to its fullest, this is how, this is how it's going to happen. You're going to let the voice of God speak and plant seeds into your life so they begin to take root and you begin to act according to what he's spoken to you. And then you begin to receive that healing. You begin to receive that blessing. You begin to receive that, that, that need that needs to be met. You begin to see that, receive that deliverance or that joy or whatever the Bible says you can have simply because you've allowed the seeds to take root. But like, but like we've been studying about, if you've got half your, half your concerns and half your mind on the world... And those, so the seeds take root and they get choked out. Or you got, or you got too much other stuff in there, rocky stuff, that the seeds take root and as soon as they try to do something, the sun comes and the pressure of life comes in and scorch them and they, and they die. We've got, under, we've got to understand that we've got to keep our heart in a place to where faith is cultivated when, when God sows seeds into it. And so this is why your relationship with God is so vital. If you're not in communication with Him, He can't speak or sow the word into your life. And that's what it comes down to. Like I said at the beginning, seeds have always been sown in the kingdom of God by speaking. It's always happened through a word going forth. And so what we've got to get to the place of understanding is we've got to realize that if God is going to put something in your life, he's going to do it through his voice speaking to you. Whether he speaks to you through his voice on a page, whether you're in prayer and he says, I need you to go across the street and talk to brother or sister so-and-so because they're hurting right now. Whatever it is, however he speaks to you, when you learn to obey that through a relationship, when you learn to understand that, and when he, when he, he knows that when he can speak, it's going to fall on fertile soil, then you begin to see that grow and begin to revolutionize your life and begin to produce some fruit, and you act according to that belief. And so that's, that's, what's, that's why the relationship with God is, is so vital to you. Now, the question you've got to ask yourself is, is, what kind of soil are you? And like our pastor said, it doesn't make a lot of sense to naturally assume that you're the good soil. If everybody was good soil, God would have to write this parable. So just go ahead and get it through your heart and your head that, Okay, I'm probably not the best soil all the time. Now, like, any, like, a, like a typical garden, or typical field, you can have areas that are blossoming and flourishing and other areas that aren't doing so good. So, if you've, if you've got a garden plant and this side of the garden is doing great, but this side's not, you're probably going to pay some attention to this one and figure out what's causing this side from being so great. You know, if you've got corn as high as higher in your head over here, which isn't a great accomplishment for some of us, but for some of it is, but you've, but you've got things over here that you, you can't get to grow two inches out of the ground without dying you're going to understand that I've got to work on this soil over here because something's not causing it to grow. Either it needs water or, or it needs to be, be cultivated, has some stuff dug out of it so that it's more fertile. Whatever the situation is, um, you've, got, you've got to understand that you've got to take a look at your heart and, and, allow, and allow the Holy Spirit to show you what needs to be taken out and fixed. So we do ourselves a great disservice by automatically assuming that we're good soil. If we were all good soil, we'd all have every prosperous blessing of God for working in our lives We'd we'd bearing fruit and the world would be changed by now. But obviously that's not happened, so I'm not going to point the finger at anybody other than myself. We're not always the best soil like we want to like assume that we are sometimes. So we've got to get to the place where, we're, where we humble ourselves and we recognize the fact that, okay, Holy Spirit, I need you to show me. Show me the rocks. Show me the weeds. Show me the areas that I need. Show me where my heart is so hard that the devil just comes immediately and takes away anything you're trying to do. You know, and, I, and I promise you, if there's, if there's some unforgiveness issues, some bitterness issues, the, 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 the seed's not going to penetrate penetrate that area that's a hard heart and it's hard for, it's hard for God to, to put a seed in there and, it, it take, it, and so if, there, if that's there just begin to let the Holy Spirit water that and, and, and nourish that and soften that so you can um, see, see God begin to plant seeds there and, and change some things alright because, because you may fall into some other categories of soil it doesn't mean that you're not born again or fallen it simply means that you need you know what you need to work on I mean it's really that simple don't sit there and think, oh, I'm bad soil. God can't use me. I'm done. No. Let him fix you. Bible, go, you know, go to the altar. Go, go, Get in your prayer closet and say, God, show me how, how to fix this situation. I, I, I can't do this by myself. I can't, I, can't, um, I can't change the situation. There's nothing I can do. And you humble yourself before him. The Bible says if you humble yourself before him, he'll lift you up. He'll begin to pull those things out of your life that you need, that you need taken out so that you can begin to be that person that bears fruit. James 1.21 says, So this is why, and and here's here's the perfect answer, why we abandon every immoral impure, everything more, more immorally impure, and all forms of wicked conduct. Instead, with a sensitive spirit, and there's the key sensitive or fertile or humble, meek spirit, we absorb God's word, which has been implanted within our nature. For the word of life has power to continually deliver us. And I love that word, continually deliver us. Why? Because we all need to be fixed all the time. Because we, none of us are perfect. None of us. None of us have arrived yet. So there's a continual work that God wants to do in your life. There's a continual work that He's going to implant in you and continue doing you. And it's it's called your salvation. It's called you walking out your salvation. Because why? Because if you got it all at once, there'd be no need to live here on this earth. We get saved. We just shoot up to heaven. Which sounds good sometimes. But God wants us to, to walk it out and, and experience kingdom victory and kingdom living here on the earth. So we've got to, we've got to come to that place where we recognize. That all we've got to have is a sense of spirit that's open to him. And he'll he will he will gently in his tender and loving way take a sample. Have you ever seen a soil sample tester? It looks like a T and it's about this tall and it's hollow and you push it down the dirt and you pull out a, a thing of dirt about that long and you can look through and see see what all you got in there. He'll take a, he'll gently take a sample, he's not gonna gouge your heart or nothing like that. But he will take a sample. And if you'll ask him, he'll show you what needs to be fixed. He'll show you where you can address some things. And he'll let you um, get to the process of making that soil cultivated and rich again so that, so, so that things can grow in your heart. So if, so if the Word's not producing fruit in your life, you've got to look at your heart. We, you know, so many times we, we try to excuse our way around it and say, well, it didn't happen because of this or it didn't happen because of that. No, it happened because this, for whatever reason, there wasn't that fruit being born in your life. And it didn't. It didn't your faith wasn't there to, to see whatever needed to be accomplished in that situation. We don't like to admit that. We don't like to say that. It hurts sometimes because it, 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 it comes back to where it should be, which is responsibility being on us and how we receive received from God. And so we've got to get to that place to where we look at it as a, like, it's not the seed's problem. Like I said, it's the, the seed's good. The Word of God, the seed never fails. And so we've got to understand that if it's not producing, it's because our heart hasn't been the condition of where that seed can produce in our heart. Now, by looking at the kind of activity, based upon that chart we had on the first page, that's going on in your life, you can determine what kind of soil you're dealing with. So, if you see the devil run a rough shot over your life, look at it and go, okay, my heart must be some hard in place because the Word of God's not penetrating it, and I'm not having faith develop or grow because it's not even getting a chance. So if you're having a lot of issues like that, well, go back and say, okay, well, if the enemy's just beating me up all over the place, and I can't even, I can't even understand what, what's going on, um, You know, I know Pastor Jeff talks fast, but even what he said that I could understand, you know, I, I still can't get that going. And so we we got we to under, understand that if, if for some reason you, you, it's not even penetrating, it's not even, and the enemy's able to take it away really quickly, find out where, where your heart's hard, why it's hard. You can know, just bring it before God. If you don't know and you can't figure it out, I promise you the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. If not, he'll put somebody in your path that, 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 will, that will help you through it. But I promise you if you just give him the time and ask him, he'll show you what the situation is. You know, or if, if your flesh has got too much place, you know, you've got rocky soil. Or if the world takes too much control over your life, then you've got some weeds. So, I mean, just ask him and see. And it won't take much, it doesn't take much discernment to decide, okay, is this me or is this the world? All right, well, I can't keep my eyes off the TV. That's me. Now, if I get too concerned about my job and all that kind of stuff and there's other things people are saying to me and I can't, well, that's the world. It's pretty obvious you can kind of go through and look and see what's going on. And then you use that to go by and say, okay, God, help me get these other cares and concerns out of my life. Help me turn everything over to you. Let you pull them out of my life doesn't mean they're going to go away overnight, but God will release you from them and get you in a place of rest with them, kind of like what Pastor Hunter was talking about last week. It gets you in a place of rest and I think where, where um, you can rest in him and let him do the work and let him show you what to get rid of, and it just becomes that much easier to, to submit to him and let him begin to speak to you in those areas. And then, and then, and then um, it's not, you know, the word's not choked out by the, by the concerns of this world. So, Hebrews ten thirty eight. He says, my righteous ones will live from my faith. And I love that, my faith. He doesn't want you to depend on your own faith. He says, I'll I'll speak to you and I'll plant my faith into you. So so when you speak, it's the word of God coming out. But if fear holds them back, my soul is not content with them. And so living by faith simply means that you live according to the convictions that have been formed in your life. So this, this is why it's so important to let God plant those seeds in your life because you need something to live by. You need something to guide you. You know, the world calls it a moral compass. No, it's your faith. Living by, and living by faith doesn't mean that you're, you're going out there and you're, you're raising the dead and that doesn't mean that you're going out there now that, that may be part of it and I, I pray that that happens with all of us so we get to those places where, we're, where signs and wonders like the Bible says are going to follow us but living by faith doesn't mean that all that's going on living by faith means that you're allowing the convictions that the Holy Spirit Spirit's put in your life to guide you through life it's, it's, it's really that simple we make this living by faith such a big deal means okay I'm going to get rid of my house I'm going to get rid of my car I'm going to move my wife and my kids into a cardboard box and we're just going to live by faith and let God take care of everything That's ridiculous. But so many people think, "Well, I can't live by faith because that means I got to dump everything." No, it just means that you you have the conviction in your life that okay, it's all God's anyway, so I'm going to do whatever He tells me to. And if He tells you to do that, fine. But I've, I've seen many people where He said that. Now I've seen Him put callings on people's lives and bring them to different places and that kind of thing. But the thing you've got to understand is, living by faith is is not some crazy, off the wall, off the chain type of lifestyle is simply allowing what you believe and what the Holy Spirit's convicted you in and the seeds he's planted in your heart and the beliefs that he's formed in you is simply allowing those things to dictate your life. It means that the Bible says thou shalt not kill so you get that, you get that established in your life and, if you, and you, it's not that you're not killing somebody because the law says not to it's that you really love them and you don't want to kill them. There's a difference. So make sure that you know, know, you know make sure that you're not just doing it because you don't want to go to jail make sure you're not doing it because God says not to and you love people you know there's, there's, a, there's a big difference it, it, the Bible says don't take the name of the Lord Lord your God in vain I'm choosing using the Ten Commandments and it's not, that, it's not that you don't want to because you feel like God's going to be mad at you and curse you a, no I really love God that much I would never do anything to profane his name it, and it comes from a belief that's formed in the inside of you not just because he says not to and so that, that's, that's, where, that's where your faith comes in and begins to you let you live by that anytime that you go against the convictions that the Holy Spirit is established in your life you shrunk back and, and we, we look at this as a, as a losing your salvation verse. That's not what it's saying. It's saying any time that, that you have a conviction in your life and that you know that you're not supposed to do it and something that he's spoken to you on and you, and you, don't, and you don't walk according to that and you don't live according to that and you let that, 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 that conviction or that belief that he's put on the inside of you, that faith that he's put in you for something, you let that go by the wayside and you don't walk according to that for whatever reason. That means you shrunk back. It doesn't mean you lost your salvation. It doesn't mean that God's mad at you and he's not going to talk to you anymore. No, it simply means that you've got to get to a place where you recognize, okay, God, I've fallen back from that belief you've instilled in me. I've fallen back from the, from the, the standard that, that you set in my life. I've fallen back from that place that I was you know, just a couple of weeks ago where I was doing things for you, and, and I've gotten weak, or I've gotten fearful, or I've, I've, let, I've let concerns come in, and I've fallen back, i have shrunk back. And so, it, he's, he's not pleased with that. That doesn't mean he's mad at you, doesn't mean he hates you, it just means that our, our job loving God is to please God. We want to please God, so we, want to, we don't want to shrink back. We want to, we want to go forward and, 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 and please God with everything that we do. Ephesians 4 says not to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. You know, and that simply means by doing things that aren't godly. Especially, in, you know, and I don't think God's Spirit is grieved by, by sinners and people that aren't saved doing bad things, because he knows they don't know any better. But when his people that are called by his name, that have confessed him as Lord one minute, and the next minute they're doing something that's not godly, I think that does grieve him. I think, that he's, I think that he sees the seed that he's planted in your life and the words that he's spoken to your life, and, I think, and, he sees that, and he sees that we're not in a place where we're obeying him and we're not following those things that he's given us and we're not being obedient to that, and I think, yeah, that is grieving. You know, whenever we've whenever we got to tell our kids for the 15th time to take the trash out, that kind of gets you mad. And you kind of start grieving. You're like, okay, about to be done grieving. about to get on that hiney. But, but, you know, it's the same thing. You know, God, God shouldn't have to tell you something more than once. You know, he, when he stows a belief in you and you begin to cultivate that and you begin to work on that and you let that seed grow and produce, food, produce fruit, and then you get to live by it. And when, once you learn that and you have a revelation of it and you're living by it, God doesn't expect you to shrink back from that. God, you, you don't got to put that belief aside and go start another belief. No, you just begin to bear more fruit with other seeds that he plants. And here, here's, here's where we, we get to kind of wrap things up. It says, Mark 4.20 says, But those that were sown on good soil... Are the ones who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. 30 fold, 60 fold, and 100 fold. And notice that this is referring to bearing fruit, not what you get in return. And God showed me this, and so many times, and, and if I've ever done it, please forgive me, but so many times you hear this, you hear this word and you think, ooh, I get a 30, 60, 100 30, 60, fold return. It's not talking about a return, it's talking about what you produce. You know, a lot of times you're, oh, God said He give back to you 30, 60, 100 fold. No, it's not giving back to you, it's that you're producing. It's you, it's, you not just, it's, it's you not just bearing enough for you. It's you bearing enough to produce and bless people over and over and over. And the fruit that's bearing in your life, people are able to feed on it over and over and over. And it makes a difference in so many different lives. It's not, it's not him saying that, you know what, guess what? I want to put so much on you that you're just blessed with all this fruit. No, we learn we back to being the fruit's not for us. The fruit's for other people. Rather, the fruit is just to, is to, is to reproduce. And so what we've got to understand is this is, this is not some verse that, that's telling us that God's going to just pour all these blessings upon us. It's, 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 this, this is saying that God wants to produce fruit in your life so great that it produces over and over and over. And it's not, just, it's not just the person that you witness to, but the fruit that you bore in that person's life, they've now poured it into somebody else's and somebody else's. And, and several generations down the line, the fruit that you bore born is still producing. 30, 60, 100 fold. And I don't believe the 100 fold is where it's supposed to stop. I think that's just where Jesus stopped as far as what he's talking about. I mean, the, the kingdom of God is exponential. It's, it, it doesn't it doesn't add it multiplies, we've got to understand that that, um, that the more we want to bear fruit, the more the more God's going to let us bear fruit. Now don't get a mistake don't don't get a mistake going in your mind. God is going to bless you. You cannot give God if you're producing fruit. I promise you, God's going to give you the ability to, to produce, produce as much fruit as you want to produce. He's got great things set aside for you to do. And the more you produce, the more you produce, the more you produce, and the more that you give out, the more that you give out, and the more that you sow, and the more that you plant in people's lives, and the more that you speak the Word of God over situations, the more that you're making yourself through through the faith He's given you become more holy, the more that you experience that kind of thing, the more He's going to pour into your life, the more He's going to give you, the more He's going to give you. You can't out-give God. It's impossible. Understand that He's always a rewarder, and He's not trying to get you to do without, just like we always talk about in the offering on Sunday morning but when he, get, when he gets you to bear fruit when he gets you to produce he's going to give you everything you need to keep producing he's going to bless you in a great way so you can continue to be fruitful and continue to multiply what, what, what he's given you And so, like we read earlier if you understand this then you need to respond how you respond to the word determines whether or not it produces fruit in your life the amount of fruit that you produce and this is where the 30, 60, and 100 fold comes in the amount of fruit that you produce is strictly contingent upon how strongly you, you live according to your convictions. How much do you believe that, that healing is yours? How strongly do you believe that, that, that you're born again? I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to talk you out of that, but, but how can we believe to be born again and know that the greatest miracle that could ever take place is taking place in our lives, but then we don't see other simple things that we should be doing to help us live a God that left take place in our lives on this side? why? because you've been told over and over again you've been, you've been you've rehearsed over and over again you remember the day that you made the confession that he was your Lord and you, and you meditated upon that and you recognized that and you, be, and you, and you let that get so and so that nobody can talk to you out of, your, out of your salvation the same thing has happened with, with other, 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 other ways that you believe other seeds that he plants when he speaks a word to you about something you're supposed to do don't let anything, anybody steal that from you lock that away, that, that's the word for you whether it's a word on the page or whether it's a word that he's spoken to you personally for you when you know it's him when he, when he's planted that seed in there, don't let anybody talk you away from it. Don't let the enemy talk you out of it. Don't let anything pull that seed out of there because, because God has planted that in there and he expects that to bear fruit. He doesn't, he doesn't waste his words. That's why, that's why, he's, so, that's why he's so strict in the, in, the, in the scripture we just read about every careless word we speak. Why? Because every word you speak is anointed. Why? Because he's anointed you as his child. He's anointed you as his son. He's anointed, he's anointed you to go out and, and speak life. And so when your words are anointed, the words you speak are going to go out and produce something. And he's looking for the harvest that you're going to produce. Is it going to be a harvest of blessing or is it going to be a harvest of of mess? Because you don't know how to watch your mouth. That's why he's he's so adamant about the words that he speaks. Because he knows knows when he created you in his image and he anointed you to be him in this world, that he's given your words power. So when you speak good or bad or otherwise, those those words begin to produce some kind of harvest. And so he's very, very concerned about, about the words that you speak and about, about the things that go on. Why? Because he knows they're going to produce a harvest one way or the other. Hebrews 10.39 says, But we are certainly not those who are held back in, by fear and perish. We are among those who have faith and experience true life. Mm. True salvation is not just being born again. True salvation is experiencing God on a greater level day after day after day. Why? Because you're letting Him speak to you and plant seeds day after day after day. And it's not a burdensome thing. It's not a cumbersome thing. It's not something that's trying to to hold you back. No, it's allowing God to speak into your life on a daily basis, whether it's through the Word, like I said, or whether it's through Him speaking directly into your heart. But it's allowing Him to speak and plant seeds so that you can continue to produce a harvest. And your heart stays soft. and Your heart stays pliable in His hands. And you continue to see those seeds grow and produce and flourish so that you can be fruitful for the world around you.